In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It hit me right around South Hill, right where 58 breaks off from 85 and turns into a two-lane roller coaster with a speed limit that is frustratingly low. I'd made that drive a couple of dozen times by now as I was commuting while my kids were finishing out school in Chapel Hill, but yesterday, as I looked over my shoulder at a car stuffed with all the random extras that make up a life, things that couldn't fit or were too fragile or we forgot to box, and two boys who were definitely not keeping their hands to themselves in the back seat, this time was different. Well, I guess this is home now, I said. Moving day had finally come. In all our lives, there are moments after which we know nothing will ever be the same. Definitive breaks or changes, events, transitions, turns in the road. Sometimes they're only discernible in hindsight. Oh, that, that was the moment when everything changed. But often there is a moment where it hits you while it's happening. From now on, life will be different. You wake up one morning and you're retired. No meetings to go to, no office to drive into. You go into the hospital one day and the next day you come home with a, a whole new human being to care for. You close the door after the funeral has ended and the guests have departed and you realize that you're alone. It's not really the day of decision. That often happens long before. This is the day of departure. A day when there's a clear, definitive break. These are hard moments to pass through. Even a happy day of departure is still a moment of rupture that marks a clear point in time, a clear before and after. Such moments are often full of excitement, but also fear, sadness. And they are times when the past can exert a surprisingly strong pull on you as you try to move forward to whatever comes next. I was reminded of this truth as we rolled on through the cotton fields and the peanut farms for the moment like foxes without a hole or birds without a nest. With my hand not on a plow but on the wheel, but still feeling all too keenly that pull to look back, to turn back, to go back. This had nothing to do with y'all. <laughs> y'all have been lovely. And we are truly excited to be here fully and finally. But it was a reminder of how the past works on us, tugs on us, tries to keep us where we are when God is calling us on to something new. Given that, I was glad to have for company this week our gospel passage from the ninth chapter of Luke, where it's moving day for Jesus, too. 
We hear at the outset of this passage that after months of wandering the countryside, preaching and teaching and collecting followers, he knew that it was time to set his face to go to Jerusalem. This is a pivotal moment in his life. Everything now is working towards that end, an end that we know and he knew is not going to go well. His teachings take on new purpose. His steps have new urgency. And on the way, he encounters a few new folks who profess a desire to be his disciples. Almost. My annotated Bible titles this section the would-be disciples. They want to follow Jesus, but not quite yet. They have excuses, legitimate excuses, for delaying, but they are delays all the same. And so, in the day of departure, they demur. The past has just too strong a hold on them to let them step freely into the new life which he is calling them to. They are pulled back, held back from following him. Normally, I imagine Jesus would have given them some time to warm up to this idea of, of moving on to a whole new life, but this train is leaving the station. And if they don't get on now, they are going to miss it. Jesus is on the move, and he is asking for others. <laughs> when they follow him, to undergo a similar kind of move, make a similar level of commitment, take a similar kind of risk to step into the unknown and to follow him. This pull of the past on us that keeps us from change, that thwarts the embrace of the new, is notably present in key moments of our life, like moving house. But it strikes me that it is also a constant challenge for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus throughout our lives, not just in these big, important moments. When we make the decision to follow Jesus, there will be a day of departure. In fact, there will be many days of departure, many moments that arise when your life needs to look different than it did before. And in those moments, the temptation will be to stay put, to hold tight, to, to stick to what is familiar and safe. To follow Jesus is risky. It's scary. Because unlike the past, the future is never fixed, never known. But to follow means to move. Not to forget, not to deny, but to move on. You can't stay where you are, as you are, and be a disciple. You have to get up and go, and not necessarily literally. You don't need to pack up and move house to follow Jesus, although surely, certainly, some people have done that. But you need to be willing to change your life. That was certainly true for Jesus when he set out for Jerusalem, that this change, this departure, was going to be difficult and risky and scary, and surely the pull of staying out in the countryside with his family and his friends was alluring. 
But despite the difficulty of that decision and the consequences, the painful consequences of that departure, he had faith in the promise. That on the other side of that challenge, there was something new, something glorious, something more than what he currently was. For he believed Jerusalem was not just going to be the place of his death, it was also going to be the place of his resurrection. And he put his faith in, gave his life to that promise. We are asked to do the same. For those of us who seek to follow Jesus, overcoming our propensity to stay put, to hold back, that is one of our greatest challenges. But if we are going to live in the power of the resurrection, as our prayer book puts it, the willingness to change and to move and to follow will necessarily be a part of our life. Thinking about resurrection simply as something that happens when you die is too narrow a focus. The cycle of death and rebirth is the entire shape of the Christian life. To let go of, to move on from, to, to die to in the hope, in the faith, in the promise that the resulting transformation will lead you on to something even yet more glorious. Sure, living this way, allowing our discipleship to conform to this pattern is preparing us for that, that ultimate and, and final moving day when we step out once and for all in faith and hope into a future that is unknown and unknowable, but just as important is how this faith in resurrection gives a particular character and shape to how we live now. Embracing the whole cycle of death and rebirth is the way that we experience the fullness of life and discover the fullness of who we can be. But that requires us to greet the inevitable challenges and changes and transitions in our life with the same courage and the same faith that Jesus did as he moved toward Jerusalem. That's what it means to pick up our cross and to follow him. It is to conform our lives to the pattern that marked his life through death. It's hard. It is scary, it is risky, but it is ultimately also what allows God to do the work God always promises to do in you and me, and that is to make all things new. As we continued along Route 58 from Broadnax to Emporia to Franklin to Suffolk, the mood in the car started to change. The tears dried up, the nerves dissipated, and by the time we emerged from the darkness of the tunnel and rose up into the sunlight across the bridge coming into downtown, we were different than when we left. That palpable pull of the past on our hearts, that trepidation for the unknown life that lay ahead, it was ebbing. And in its place, started rolling in little waves of hope and courage and faith 
Faith in the future that God was opening up before us. For we realized in those moments that we hadn't just moved. We had followed. And that meant that soon we would be home. Amen. Amen.